Hi everyone, just a heads up, the F-bomb is dropped a lot in this episode, so viewer discretion is advised. Also, please keep in mind that the content in this episode is not meant to act as legal advice. Please consult with your attorney for any questions you may have. What is up all you cannabis aficionados? On today's episode of- What the fuck? On today's- you should shut the fuck up. On today's episode of Connecting Cannabis, he said he watched the videos. I don't think you think he's a liar. He didn't watch the videos. I'm joined by the one and only Pop Brothers at Law. Shut the fuck up. What is up, all you cannabis aficionados? On today's episode of Connecting Cannabis, I am joined by the one and only Pop Brothers at Law. For those of you who might have been a little too stoned to notice, Pop Brothers at Law have turned into the biggest viral cannabis sensation since Afro Man's Because I Got High. Almost overnight, their video telling cannabis consumers to just shut the fuck up if stopped by a cop garnered tens of millions of views and catapulted them to nearly 500,000 Instagram followers. Post going viral, they are still here today, holding it down for the cannabis community and representing clients from all walks of life. So without any further ado, hey guys. How you What's doing? Up? Good morning. Good morning. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you both for joining me here today. Our pleasure. Although oh. it is a bit like more like 300 to 400 million views. This one? <laughs> no, the, the one that went viral. No way. All, across all social media platforms. No I actually stopped like keeping track at about almost 300 million. I couldn't, couldn't keep up with it. Because it's all over the place, by, just spread out by so many different uh, big influencers, other big pages, celebrities, and stuff like that. So I it mean, went crazy. You're right. I mean, you guys did, uh, you know, it was like it was, Instagram was one thing, and then YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. Facebook LinkedIn. My, my, my little Marvel. brother even saw you guys on Worldstar. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. you know those guys? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know those guys. Like, they're Marshall on Worldstar Sports, now. Sports, never heard of them. Really? Yeah, they Marshall Sports. Up. And there's a ton of them, a ton of these platforms that have millions of followers that we'd never even heard of that we're hey i saw you on this i saw you on that that's great and that's such like an interesting twist because you know you guys could be some a lawyer like lawyers right or you could be lawyers with a viral video <laughs> and it's just like a whole you know yeah it's pretty unique yeah uh, pretty so unique. so what you know did i miss anything as far as your your role in the cannabis industry today can you guys kind of explain you know your lawyers but you know a little bit more in detail what does that entail well we our practice offers pretty much everything there is to deal with in the cannabis uh, world of business, starting with getting arrested. So we handle, I've been doing criminal defense for 23 years. My brother's been doing uh, civil and business litigation and corporate counseling for 30 some odd years. And so together between business and criminal defense, this whole industry is affected by both of those, both of those areas of law. So we handle it all from licensing, permitting, and all that kind of stuff to criminal defense because people with licenses are still getting uh, arrested. Gotcha. And I'm assuming you know you guys weren't always cannabis attorneys, right? So how did that? How and when did that transition happen into the cannabis industry? I always love to ask people that question. Well, so for us personally, I became an attorney in 1996, and right out of the gate, I did criminal defense. In 1996 is when Prop 215 passed here in California giving cannabis patients their rights. And so cannabis pa patients with their recommendations were still were getting arrested and you had to go to court and sh prove that you, all that stuff. So I've been dealing with those cases since the beginning and criminal defense. But when we really started focusing was when my brother's son, my nephew, what, 10 years ago or so? I lose track. Yeah, 10, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, showed a, 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 a tremendous interest in cannabis and its healing properties and helping people and what it did for people and uh, what pills were doing to people versus that and wanted to do this. And at the time, doing that under in California, you had to be a, uh, well, it went through many different phases, having your caregiver deal and then a collective, cooperative and all that kind of stuff. So as the laws started to evolve, we made sure he was operating properly, whether it was with a not-for-profit organization or whatever it was. So that if arrested, back then they were all felonies, we had a defense. And over the years, over like a 10-year span, he picked up seven different felonies doing this. And because he shut the fuck up, 
because he was doing everything we told him to do, we were able to get the cases dismissed and get everything back. So that's really what caused us to become really proficient. And we never advertised. We just, we took care of him, you know, other, other, uh, other people in the word industry who knew 30 him. years, basically word of mouth yeah. until Instagram. <clears throat> until he, my brother's son, he was bugging us for a couple of years. You got to get on Instagram. You got to get on Instagram. What? At that point, where's you know, I'm facing out of Facebook and going, yeah, 15 second videos. What is this thing? Yeah. Well, we didn't even know what it was until um, January 22nd, 2015. His son comes barrel into the office that morning and goes, "Hey, I need you guys to do an interview with some friends of mine. They're looking for attorneys who will go on camera and smoke and talk about the laws. And as they're changing here, because Prop Two or uh, Prop 64 was just in the works." 2015 coming into 2016 and uh, I said okay let's go he, he wasn't so quick to jump uh, worried that who's going to see us smoking what's the state bar going to say you're the guy with the joint in <laughs> <your> <laughs> TV, yeah. hey, if you're going to go all in you go all in it was a process bigger go home yeah, and we, 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 we discussed it and you know we were like yeah, we're going to a private facility it turned out to be uh, Be, be Real. Real TV okay. Be Real's uh, studio getting high on Adam Getting uh, high. Getting high with. It was actually just getting, getting high, high with. with. Oh, that's right. Getting high with. Hosted by Adam. Adam Hill. And, uh, and so, okay, you know what? We'll do it. When, when, when is it? Tonight. I need you to go tonight. That, so it was that night. So we went up there, did this interview, smoked, dabbed, did, answered questions. They had people calling in. It was, it was pretty, pretty amazing, the, the response and the constant flow of calls that were coming in. Uh, and then after that, we took some pictures with Adam Hill, Be Real, and uh, took our little joke of the pop brothers at law we made up about eight nine years before sitting in the parking lot like we do smoking going hey we're brothers we smoke pot i was getting a lot of pot cases back then too i'm gonna make pop brothers at law cards and give them the clients <laughs> so he created the pop brothers at law instagram right then and there and then that's when we're like what are we going to do with 15 second videos and when we're looking at other instagram accounts i mean they're all they're tits and joints and you know just nothing really educational about cannabis or anything in there, or your rights. And so that's when we decided we'll, we'll try to do some 15 second tips, starting with how to actually get pulled over. We did like, what, seven or eight, uh, a series Sequential. of them, uh, videos showing, this is how to get pulled over. And then it just kind of grew from there. And we started to, like a good year. second tip. Well, I can't believe what we used to get in in 15 seconds. Well, it was me talking real fast. If you go back to the very <laughs> bottom, and then if you go to the very yeah. bottom in the first couple 15 second tips, and then you scroll up to when right before it went to a minute, it's like, it's like slow motion down here, and then up yeah. here, it's like what we got in in 15 seconds was nuts. And then they turned to a minute, and it was like, okay, we can get is... more, we can get more info in, that we can do that. So that's nice. that's kind of the evolution. Got it. I always love like uh, when you can mix in something fun into it, right? It's like you can make 15 second video clips all day. Yeah. And you're only gonna you're only gonna reach a certain amount of people if it's just a regular your regular lawyer saying regular boring lawyer stuff. But once you say, you know, shut the fuck up or like whatever, like, and we're just... smoking, you know, we're, true, we're, true. we're to, still to this day, we're, we're being told and I, I don't see anybody else, any other lawyers uh, anywhere in the world on social media coming out and showing, hey, we're, this is how we medicate. This is what we choose to do. And we're professionals and we, we get shit done. I heard from my team, you guys even trademarked shut the fuck up. Yes, we have. How the, <laughs> the fuck? Do you, like, how do you do that? We have like, a good IP, good IP attorney. trademark attorney. Dave okay. Brafman, yes. Uh, well, yeah, when that all, when it all we, started. We're using it for legal services. That's how we got it trademarked, only in uh, relation to. Because you have to use it for in commerce. Right. Is that what it is? And we have. Okay. We, we have T-shirts and, and uh, hats, and we've been using it for years on our, on our Instagram and on other forms of our website. And it's, it's actually trademarked for the legal industry so okay. when you like every time i hear on tv someone says shut the fuck up i'm like damn i should get a quarter <laughs> for this <laughs> but no it only relates to the legal industry okay and we have that hashtag stfu stfu nation shut the fuck up friday our script that's copyrighted and uh our jingle from shut the fuck up friday is copyrighted as well so man we when, you, when, you're, when you're a lawyer, you, know, you just go all guns blazing on that type of stuff. Well, in the beginning, when it first started going, we were like, maybe we should do protect this stuff. Because we didn't know what was going to happen. In right. the very beginning, it just seemed like, wow, this is kind of crazy. you know. And then so we decided, well, I would, you know, spend a few bucks and, and do that just, just in case right. something goes really viral, which is ultimately what happened. We got that push 
into the stratosphere. And, and when did you guys realize that it went viral? Like, how, how was that well, That's a good story. So, it's, he, he tells most of those because I barely pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I do the social media stuff. No, I, I, love, I, I love the I big brother, little brother <laughs> thing you got going on over here. It's like... I know yeah. when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the... So, from 2015 to 2008... To 2015 to December 25th, 2018, we had amassed about 120,000 followers. Okay. Which was very good in, right. in relation to how I was organic. seeing other growth. Was organic growth. We didn't buy any or, you know, oh, they wow. had all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just completely organic. And this is with regular 15-second clips. Correct. Well, okay. at some point there, it did go to a minute, I think, somewhere in, okay. in between there. But this was the before day. Shut the Fuck Up campaign. No, 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 no. This is all during it. This is all during it. Because we, we probably got that really going within, like, two or three months. I'd have to really go back and look. But something like that where we really... and Because we were honing in on... The tw these 25 words. First, mm -hmm. it was like 50 words, then 30, and mm -hmm. you know we were just playing with it until we finally got to that. And so, so we had been doing that for you know three years already. And on, uh, I had us on all social media platforms just with Pop Brothers at Law, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all of them, but didn't really push or stay active on all those other than Instagram was kind of like the motherload because that's where cannabis industry kind of was, is living and breathing oh, sure, yeah. on Instagram. And so I had those other accounts, but didn't really keep them active or whatever I posted on Instagram psh, went, went over there. So every week or two, I'll get a little ding notification on my phone for my Facebook page for Pop Brothers at Law that had like 400 followers or something like that. Oh, somebody asked a question, somebody followed, whatever. December 25th, I'm on vacation. I'm uh, sitting there and it was like, I don't know, six, seven in the morning. And my phone, ding, 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 it just starts going crazy with these notifications. Ding, 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 ding. I thought my phone was broken. I'm looking at it, and all these just notifications from Facebook are coming in. And so I look, and I figure out that uh, Shut the Fuck Up Friday video we had just done, like a week before that, where we talk about a raid that happened at an illegal shop. Three of the people who worked there, two of them told the cops, we're volunteers. One of them shut the fuck up. Because he followed us. His case got dismissed. The other two didn't. And so we told that story. And a Facebook page called Respect My Region reposted it. And I'd never heard of them, but it was a big Facebook page, political page, or what have you. And then that got reposted by Roger Stone. You know who Roger Stone is? I don't Roger know. Stone, big political strategist. Who, okay. He got Nixon and Bush. And, they say he's a nasty guy. <coughs> okay, got Trump okay, elected. Got it, got it. Got it, got it. Actually, HBO he did. actually just got indicted. It's okay. been very quiet since then, but he was out going out in the media. The judge put a gag order on well, him. They raided his place in Miami they raid, they, he, with I mean, the he guns. Got, he, he got hit hard. And uh, so he finally, re so he, and we had actually interviewed him as part of our Cannabis Talk 101 show at a cannabis convention a year oh. or so earlier. Yeah. And he was all pro-cannabis, a, a right-wing Republican pro-cannabis state, states' rights. And so he posts, all he said was, these should be my attorneys, and reposted that video. That video then, over like three days, got five million views. Nice. Then it gets, and that's on Facebook, right? So we went from 400 to, you know, now we have like almost 80,000 on Facebook, right? And then it gets Twitter and um you got people like P. Diddy and D.L. Hughley and Snoop Dogg put it on his story and just and just on and on and on. Yeah. It got reposted all over the place. Cypress Hill reposted it and that alone on their Facebook page, like 40 million views or something like that. You know, And then all these other platforms started picking it up and just boom, super viral. That's very cool. And, and I mean, you guys started... Uh, when you guys started, what type of clients were you representing? So your son and then many others like him that were um, more on the business end of things or more on the consumer end of things? No, it's pretty, per, well, well I, not criminal really. defense. I mean, consumer being, well, there was no consumer end. Okay. It was either you were a criminal or you got charged with criminal uh, activity. activity or you were trying to do it right and we would help you help them set up as a business and then represent them if they got hit for criminal activity. The defendant saying how we told you to set up was right and get the case dismissed. Right. Right. Back then, when it was under the not-for-profit scheme and cooperatives and collectives, we could actually, I was able to tell clients, this is how you're going to go commit the felonies of cultivation and possession and sale. This is how you're going to do it. And if you do it this way and you get arrested and hit with those charges, 
and you've done what we said, we're going to be able to get the case dismissed. Which we, we did. Which we did. Every time they came back and they did everything we told them to do, which not a lot of, a lot of clients don't do everything. And then, it, then you're cutting deals. At right. that and how did that transition into the, uh, the now legal industry? What do your clients look like today? <sighs> it's quite sad. Some of it's quite sad because a lot of the clients that we had, little mom and pop operations operating, making edibles out of their house, you know, with their cooperative, they can't afford to get in, you know, and, and, and the way it's now set up, which, you know, regulations needed, it's here, uh, but with having to own or lease property just to be able to get a city permit to then get a state license, it cuts a lot of people out. Well, you got to remember too, as far as, let's talk about just retail, I read today, less than 20% of 482 cities. 482 cities in the state of California. 20% allow retail shops. Oh. I remember, so, I, I heard 30, but is that more of like an encompassing? I think so. Oh, yeah, because it's a third. A third offer, less than a third offer the whole string. Right. Most cities that offer, offer non-retail. Yeah. Okay, that's that makes, easier. That makes a lot of sense because I remember when I heard the third, I'm like, are you sure? I feel like it's a lot less than a third because there's only... Well, for third. stores, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's what we deal with on our end, so that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely regulations have killed the small guy. People who come into us previously, 10, 20 grand, get set up as a cooperative, collective, be safe. And have us for a year on retainer. And, and, and well, and now people come in and it's like, do you have a couple hundred grand to get into the cannabis space with the... Regulations, the licensing fees, permit fees, just everything. It's it's way over-regulated as far as I'm concerned. The government needs to look at themselves in the mirror when they say who's the cause of the black market or the illicit market. Who's, oh. who's the cause of the illicit okay. market? They want to yeah. cast, they want to blame everybody else on the illicit market other than themselves by not, by not allowing cannabis business. Well, I, I thought the way it should have been was like uh, adult businesses a city cannot ban them but they have to be in a certain area so why not treat that the same but the trade-off that the government gave to people who didn't want to pass 64 and all this the trade-off was in the language of 64 it allows cities to ban it if they choose and so many cities decided to ban it and see what happens and, and well remember in the beginning when that happened the cities thought if they didn't ban it, they were going to have to do what the state said. Because the way they wrote the regulations... Which was, was true. Whole... Which was true. If a city did not have an ordinance, it, it, it uh, reverts back to the state law. So what cities did in order to prevent that, they just... And that's what caused... Because we had clients operated in cities for years that didn't have any regulation, no ordinance. It was like a gray area. If they had a... Cooperative. If they had a cooperative, you know, there was no law. Again, there was no zoning. There was nothing like that. So as soon as all that hit, you know, it, it caused people to not to be able to get property. Right. Yeah. I so love this. We, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Keep it going. Right. Keep it going. <laughs> well, and we, we get we get all type we get all types in here. You know, we get we get the the small guy. We get big corporate guys, and we get the who the housewives from Coda wherever they're coming. Think I got money and I want to do this you know and and then it's like for those type, for those people it's like are you ready to get arrested you well that was it, more back in the day you know that so. was more back in the day when it was a felony first defense second now if you have your proper licensing permitting you're wearing your badges you're most likely not going to get arrested but we still have people who have licenses that are getting arrested because they didn't do something right and there's they'll get arrested you know and it should be administratively held by the by the bureau and it's not legal Everybody says it's legal. It's not under legal. an ounce and under eight grams of wax is legal. That's it. There's still marijuana crimes on the books, and people are getting arrested every day for misdemeanors and some and felonies, felonies now. Still. So on the on the business end of things, uh, went from kind of small mom and pop shops, but we're seeing much, it's not so much yeah, possible it, anymore, right? It's partnerships. It's equity funds. It's people getting together. It's corporate. We have now. We have represent the little guy where the corporation wants to come in right. and buy into what they've been doing already. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it's at. So you know, we're seeing that before it was the mom and pops had the chance to compete, and unfortunately now it's like you know the larger businesses, and that's a transition that's kind of taking place on the business end of things. But on the consumer end of things, you know, I've myself as a consumer have seen you know the transition take place from my buying experience. Right before it was like a really sketchy shop 
and they make you feel like a criminal that you're, you know, what you're doing and what you're purchasing and they're opening up this little window and they're asking you for the password. Um, and now it's an Apple store. You think, you think that's bad though. Imagine being my age where I had to go in a dark alley in a place way back in the middle of a park and God knows what time of the night to score my dime bag of weed. And you're probably already high, so you're more paranoid than... Did I you just mean, put your hand in? No, we never know. You know what? We were... I mean, I'm 57 and doing this since I was 16. Right. And I some places where if I look back now, I go, what was I thinking? <laughs> right. We didn't think. We just did, and they were they sold you the weed, you bought it, and right. that was that. So, but, but now, as far but as now like to go into a store is just insane that right. you're able to go into a legal store and purchase it legally without looking over your back or worrying about getting raided. So, but as far as like the actual uh, legal aspect of it, so now obviously consumers are in the clear as long as you're over 21 or over 18 with a you know a medical card, and you have less than 28 grams or less than eight grams of wax. Right. And they right. just got to make sure you're going into legal licensed shops because right. if you're in an illegal one and that raid hits, you potentially are getting arrested and charged. Okay. So we're actually going to do an Instagram speed round. I reached out to my followers. I asked them. Uh, what questions would you want to ask a cannabis attorney? So do you, might, you guys mind if we go Let's through go. these really quick? Let's do it. Uh, first question, can you fly with cannabis uh, within California? No, no. It's illegal. Really? I thought we were speeding. No? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, what, keep, oh, you I, want I, an explanation? I, thought, I, thought, the explanation? I, thought I knew the answer to this. I thought it was okay. <laughs> so I'm caught off guard now. <laughs> no, what's okay is LAX has said they don't care if you have an ounce or less they're not going to fuck with you. That's all that's okay. okay. With LAX. It's federally illegal. You can land on the other side. You can get arrested on the other side, even if it's in California, and especially if it's outside of California. So they don't put that in the LAX. Just, they're not looking for weed. You know, if, if something goes through a metal detector and it's got, you know, 84 cartridges or, you know, eight arrested. pounds of weed Felony. in your bags, that's something bad's going to happen. But if they open up your bag and you have eight joints and a couple pre-rolled and some edibles, they're, they're probably not going to do anything. But it's still technically illegal. Okay. No matter, if they, no matter if they do anything or not, it's still illegal federal. So you do it at your own risk. Okay. Once you step on the ground to the airport, it's federal. Understood. Um, can I smoke on the sidewalk? Depends. Depends. Go ahead. Go so ahead. If, if, as an adult use user... You cannot. You basically have to be hidden from public if you're going to smoke. In the room, anywhere. in the dark, under your covers. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much in your backyard. In a private place. Right. It's got to be in a private place. But if you have a physician's recommendation, then there become five places that you cannot smoke. Everywhere else is okay. And those five places are in a no-smoking zone, within a thousand feet of a school or youth facility, unless you're in a private residence, in a motor vehicle that's operating while operating a boat and on a school bus. Those five places you can. So if you have your wreck and you're in a smoking area, you can legally smoke. Now, a private owner of that area can say no. So if you don't have that going on, then you can legally... And some cities are entirely no-smoking right. zone cities, the whole city. So you can Like Manhattan smoke. Beach, for oh, instance. Wow. And Laguna, I think, does that too. But you want to know where... If you're going to do something like that, no. You know, just Google it. Okay. Wherever you're at. All right, next question. Um, can I order cannabis to a hotel room? No. Whoa. No. So you, it, you can't deliver to a hotel room. Oh, it's oh, the oh, the licensed one. Gotcha. Yeah, a licensed delivery service cannot deliver to a hotel. Right. Okay. Uh, so an like, illegal one. <laughs> they right, do. They deliver anywhere you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't. We don't recommend ordering uh, for someone who's going to deliver to a hotel. Okay. But so where you know where are you supposed to smoke as a, as a tourist? Uh, someone's you? house that you know. Some. So, uh, you could go to uh, what's in Hollywood. Uh, you could the, you could risk the uh, ticket. Smoke uh, in your room. What is Use spray four twenty. Rainbow Bar and Grill allows it on their patio in Hollywood. You know some places. Will allow you. There's, uh, what's the what's Dougie's place? The Hitman, Hitman Coffee. Yeah. Uh, you know they have a flower garden area in the back where they let you do it. So you got to find little. But otherwise, you're you're. It's screwed. a conundrum. Screw. It's stupid. That's why they're. The West Hollywood Caf Cannabis Cafe is opening up soon. 
So that that's a place where they're going to allow like a consumption lounge. Right. Hopefully we'll see more of those as time goes on. Gotcha. Okay, next. Um, can I get a cannabis DUI? Yes. Absolutely. How does that work? You fuck yourself most likely. No, seriously. And, and what I mean is, if you're too high and you're driving swerving, swerving and, and, and fucked up, then you should go to jail. And the cops should observe you swerving and going maybe 20 and a 60. You know, he's going to observe these things to show, to see that you're impaired. Okay? 99% of the time, you're not impaired by the weed. Okay? You might be high, but you're not impaired. So when he pulls you over for a traffic violation, such as a blinker, red light, whatever the traffic violation is, and he comes up and he smells it because you just smoked in your car 10 minutes ago, and he asks you questions, when did you last smoke? Every one of our DUI cases is because the guy said, I smoked an hour ago, sir. Some have said, I smoked 12 hours ago. I smoked last night, and now I'm going to work. They're getting a DUI. Period. Period. And it's going to be harder to fight because people in a jury box, depending on where you're at, oh, well, he, no, he must be high. He shouldn't be driving if he's had a, had a joint. See, instead, oh, of, instead, of, instead of when he comes up to the door and he either tells you why he pulled you over or if he doesn't, that's where the script comes in. Why'd you pull me over? Your blinker was off. You didn't blink. You didn't whatever. You got taillight out. Okay. All right. Can we, okay. can we, can we practice this? Sure. You be the cop. I'll be the, sure. I'll be the consumer. Sure. All right. Sure. So we pull you over. I walk up to the door and a lot of times they'll say, I mean, I should really stand up and get right up in your face because we, we have, we have, uh, previously and even now we, we teach delivery drivers how to handle stops by law enforcement. And I usually get up and try to intimidate them as much as I can Okay. because that's what you are up against. When an officer comes up to your window and he's six foot three, four, he's got his, you know, bulletproof vest on, they're huge and they're just intimidating. And they ask you, or, or you ask them, if I pull you over, hey, you know why I pulled you over? That's a lot of times what they say. Uh, no, sir. And what do you say? First thing you say, no, why'd you pull me over? Okay. No, it's why did you pull me over? The important reason for that is that really starts to clock ticking. Under uh, Supreme Court law, they have seven to eight minutes to write a traffic ticket or find other independent probable cause to further detain and continue with an investigation. Gotcha. So if they say I pulled you over and hopefully it's all mic'd up, they can, you know, you didn't have your blinker on. Okay. Is that, I, I, is that weed I smell? So is that probable cause? Is that weed? Are we practicing? Oh, we are. Okay. All right. You're sorry. asking the cops. I, is I, that need to be, I need to be in question mode in this moment. Yeah, okay. No, so I'm is that? Is that? Okay. So I rolled down the window. Puff cloud of smoke came oh, out my window. No, then, you're, then you're pretty fucked. Okay. 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 Don't no, do that. Never mind. No yeah, puff cloud of smoke. No puff cloud of smoke. Okay, okay. You're not smoking no. while you're driving. And even if you were, you're not hot boxing as you're driving. Right. So we know people who smoke and drive all the time. As long as you don't have a lit joint in your hand maybe you swallowed it right okay or maybe it's in the ashtray which still isn't good mm -hmm. okay but if it's out they'll be well i saw a burnt half roach of cannabis in his thing okay so what it's legal it's legal to have that sitting right there well, no it's not that's open container oh that's right that's, they not changed legal that. that's a ticket that's open container. Open container is a ticket. So a probable if, cause to go start searching and doing more because now that's the crime that occurred and they, now they can go search. Yeah, we don't recommend it being in plain sight. Okay. So granted, the granted, there's none of that. Okay. I go. I, I don't know what that is, officer. No. 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 Yeah, you're lying. Okay. <laughs> oh man. It. No, no we're lying. To lie. No. Okay, no, we okay. teach people <laughs> not to lie. Okay. That's why the second line uh -huh. of our script was the easiest way that we came up with to politely. Say to the cop, I'm not discussing my day. Okay. You can't tell me if you smoked an hour ago or now. You can't really tell me that. Come on. What do you just, you know, just let me know. Oh, we'll I don't off. care about a little we'll, weed. We'll go on our way. Well, I don't care if you just smoked a little bit. I'm not right? discussing my I'm day. I'm not discussing my day. No matter how many times, and they will. I went through it. They will ask you 10 times. And I finally had to do it. And the 10th time I said, am I being detained or am I free to go? You're being detained. Get out of the car. Ooh. So we do what we do. Well, so so uh, what gives them the right to detain you? He smelled alcohol. In, in, my, said, case, in my case, he said he smelled alcohol. Okay. They saw me pull out of a bar. Okay. They pulled me over because my lights weren't on because valet turned off my auto lights on my truck. 
Because I said, why'd you pull me over? Your lights are off. And I go, oh, valet, and I put them back on. Oh, they turned off my auto lights. So, where are you coming from? Well, I go, and I, I actually said, you saw where I came out of. Yeah. Literally, I came out, and I got <laughs> lit up. I'm going, what did I fucking do? Yeah. You came out of a bar. And so they put then, so how many drinks did you have tonight? And I'm like, shit, am I going to do this? And <laughs> it was. I, I described yeah. that guy standing there, and I, yeah. I'm not discussing my evening. You can't tell me if you had one or two drinks. Not discussing my evening, sir. And that's when I finally said, after maybe one or two more questions about, you can't tell me if you had one or two or whatever. And I didn't want to lie to him because I had drinks. I said, am I being detained or am I free to go? Sure enough, you're being detained. I'm like going, oh, shit. <laughs> this is it. I'm going in first time in 50-something years. I'm going to go in. I, I, I might have been 07, 08, who knows, right? But I had full dinner, drinks, waters. I, I, I certainly wasn't right. impaired. Gets me out of the car. We teach this. Get out of the car, roll up your window, lock your door, take your keys, put them in your pocket. That way they can't go in your car. Walked over to the side. They wanted me to do a field sobriety test. In California, I said, sir, I'm not doing those. Politely declined. Other partner comes up. He starts yelling, kind of yelling at me. You can't help us. Cooperate it. I got out of, I didn't say this, but cooperation is I got out of the car. I listened to them. I walked on the curb. Doing the field sobriety test, not doing them is not cooperating. It's... It's uh, exercising your right not to do it. your right not to because no matter who you are, you're going to fail it. Right. You're going to fail it and they're going to have a good reason to bring you in then. You might beat it later because he has no evidence of impairment. He never saw you drive impaired. So it does work. It's like a cop's worst nightmare uh, pulling over an attorney. (laughs) I feel like it's like, oh, wow, this guy actually knows his rights. And then after he was detained, he said. Right. I stood there. They tried to get me to do the field sobriety test. And I said at one point, at some other point in time, I said, am I being detained or am I free to go? You're free to go here. Get out of here. <laughs> they weren't happy. I love it. They weren't happy. But, you know, if I was that drunk to where I was swerving, they should have pulled me over, yanked me out, and put me in jail. Right. Yeah. So, so transitioning that into the delivery aspect side of things, I definitely don't uh, you know, want to forget on touching on that. Uh, you trained delivery drivers. Yes. Right? So this is Alyssa Market or, or now? No, that was both. back in the unregulated market. Okay. Unregulated to try to prevent market. the try to preventing the arrest that we have to now go in and defend, which we could defend it, but we're trying to stop it, you know, in the beginning. Okay. So it doesn't go Preventative. any further. Okay. So minimizing exposure to to what's going on. Simple simple things like making sure your car, all the lights are working. You know, we 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 tell our clients before you go to do any delivery and you have product in your car in the trunk. Make sure all the blinkers are working. Do a walk around. Even if you just did it, do it again. Make sure the big one. The big one now is the illuminating light under your uh, over your license plate in the right, back right, being out. Right. We see Don't a lot of getting that. Yeah. You know, and cops are looking to pull. First, they're looking for a reason to pull you over, and they're looking then for a reason to go further. Get in your car. That's just a fact. And that's great. I, you know, we started doing little tutorials on our Instagram using clips of Live PD. If you ever watch Live PD, it's just exactly what not to do. And and you and we have they have this one the one cop I think he goes by Sticks yeah. or, or something like that. And he said and he said what I just said. You're uh, we're looking to pull you over, and then we're going to try to find a way in your car. You know, and that's that just goes to our point that that's they're not and, looking and, to and, and, and we actually find that we actually have gotten DMs from police oh, around yeah. the country thanking us for how we, can, we to make them safe. Yeah. You know, like if someone knows their rights, they're going to, OK, they're going to go on to the next guy. Nine, 90 percent chance they're going to go to the next guy who's not going to do that. And they're going to have a, their easy way with them. So why mess with the guy who knows their rights? And they usually nothing they can do. So the, do the delivery drivers, even in today's licensed market, if they're working for a licensed delivery service, do they still have to worry about being pulled over? Absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, if they're not in strict compliance, they're, they're, they're going to get arrested for sales. They could potentially defend it going, you know, I didn't have my badge, but here's the manifest. I didn't have it on me, but here's the manifest. Here's all the proof. Here's the track and trace. Here's the, you know, here's the, the order. Uh, invoice where I was going here's the GPS here's all the stuff you can defend it but it still could happen if you're not in full compliance okay and if they get pulled over by by a cop what are they supposed to say or what are they supposed to show this actually cop? they're supposed to show them their credentials under the regulations unfortunately if you're licensed you have to disclose it to law enforcement but that would be the only exception correct to the script that's all you would do and that's all you would do you really wouldn't even say anything just here's the badge 
all the documentation, ledger. Got it. So step one, they need to let them know that they're, uh, you know, operating under a licensed delivery Correct. service. And if they are, they should have a folder right next to them in the passenger seat, just in case, and they're ready with it. Right. And that folder contains things like their inventory ledger, what's in their vehicle, Everything. right? Everything that orders. keep them in compliance with the regulations, the state license, you know, all that. All that and at what point would the, uh, the police officer uh, seize their assets? Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. They could do it right then and there. The, the cop could go, look at everything, it looks fake. And that, you know, then they could do that. And then, you, then we have to go to court and prove that it's not fake. Uh, so, you know, they get pulled over, they need to show uh, like their inventory ledger, um, what orders are dispatched to them and, and things like that. Uh, is it enough if they have it on a digital or they need like physical printed versions of this as well? It's either one. It's either one. Everything, there's so much going digital now that there's so much software that tracks all that stuff that you can have it on an iPad. And even showing this to the police officer, can the police officer decide to just seize their assets right then and there? Yes. Yep. He can do whatever he wants. We never preach the script or anything like that is going to prevent you from getting arrested. It's going to help you if you get arrested in a lot of different ways. But the cops can do anything they ultimately want to at that time. Okay. Whether they should or shouldn't isn't the issue. And that's why it's important to do what we say, be polite, calm, and, and, and let, them the be, let them be the aggressor. And if they want to arrest you, then they're going to arrest you. Right, but it's not just unlicensed businesses these days that Correct. are having to deal with this, yeah, right? Everybody. Correct. Correct. Everybody. And and what what comes in the aftermath of that? They seize the assets, and how how do you like? What do you have to do? Where do you have to go to get that stuff back? Well, it depends. It depends how it's all done, and what entity ends up with the assets that they seized, whether it's a state agency or or a federal agency. Uh, but the bottom line is really in the situation we're talking about. If they are in actual compliance and they've done everything right or maybe the guy wasn't wearing his badge or there's a little you know screw up somewhere then we're going to have a, a very very good chance that that case is going to be dismissed and probably going to have to deal with which should have been in the first place the bureau of cannabis control and an administrative action hey you want because that's usually what happens with anybody who has a business license if you screw up or do something the governing board for that license is you know it's gonna have some type of hearing or some something you know but we, we're not seeing that yet we're seeing threats of it I think by the BCC and fines and and stuff but you know the cops should be like well here I'm gonna turn you over to the BCC instead of actually arresting and but that's what we have to do to to deal with it and do we ever see this ending I mean if if I'm driving around with a bunch of alcohol in my trunk I don't think he's gonna start seizing my assets nope. right so no. well, it depends what you have in your trunk. I think it would depend on the amount, and, but until the feds take it off the Schedule 1 list, yeah. they're going to do it as long as they can. Because right now they're missing out on a lot of revenue. Yeah, make some money. So on the topic of um, licensed versus unlicensed, uh, many people look at the unlicensed industry as kind of like a hindrance on, on the legal and licensed well, it, industry. It is. I mean, it absolutely is. Whose fault is that? I point my finger at the government. When you, when you only have less than 20% of the cities in the state of California, which is huge, allowing for retail shops, that leaves vast areas of what we're calling marijuana deserts, where there's no access. And, I mean, that, that's the problem. That's why there's so many uh, illegal shops, because there's... Well, it's, and the insistence of... of no meaningful road to do an easy transition for the people who were operating properly before in the collective cooperative scheme and then now coming into the regulated market. First, they want we have to tell people, you have to shut down. You have to shut down your business and then do this and get property over here and then go through this year to two year process. And it's like, well, how do I make money if I'm shutting down my business? You know, why can't they figure a way to let them operate and transition into it? You know, I mean... Well, it's because not, not, it's just two little cities allow it. That's period. End of story. The problem. Right. If every city that had an illegal store decided to grandfather them in and say, we're going to regulate you now, the right. illegal yeah. market would just vanish. Period. It's not going to vanish no matter what they do. No matter how much law enforcement ramps up. No matter what, it's going to stay three times as big as a legal market. And, what and hurt the legal market because, you know, they can buy at half the price at an illegal store. 
So your stance is, yeah, like, one, yes, it's obviously a hindrance. Two, you could feel for the legal market guys, but you could also feel for the unlicensed guys because the state of California hasn't given them a clear path to get licensing. Correct. Got it's it. Affordable, yeah. And, 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 yeah, even from a consumer perspective, right? I think they're almost like almost going against uh, the licensed businesses, you know, is they're making it so hard for a consumer to even want to buy from a licensed business, in my opinion. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, that has to do with the taxes. That has to do with the taxes, the regulatory fees. I mean, what other business, when you're applying for a license at the state level, this is not even talking about the city level on what fees you have to pay the city because you have to get a city permit before you can even go to the state. So you put who knows how much into the city process, and fees can range from five to fifty grand for your application fee, non-refundable. And then at the state level, you have your annual license fees, your annual license fees. So once you apply at the state level, and the state says, okay, you're good to go, you have thirty days to pay your annual license fee. What other business bases an annual license fee on your projected gross? income for the next year so you have to guess at your projected gross and then there's there it's a scaling uh zero to five hundred thousand is twelve hundred dollars five hundred and one to a million is five thousand dollars and then it goes so far you know goes keeps going down up to like one hundred twenty thousand dollars so you have to pick guess how much you're going to sell what your gross is and then pay this let's say you pay a seventy five hundred dollar licensing fee then you sell more oh my god and now you have to pay three levels down or above you. So now you should have paid 20 grand instead of 7,500. So not only do you have to pay the difference in the 75 and the 20 grand, you got to pay a 50% penalty on the 20 grand because you underestimated. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg on right. how hard it is on the regulated market that's and how end. much, and, and they're paying taxes. There's a thing called the 280E at the government level, at the federal level, where we don't care what you're doing. We've never had a client get busted by the feds because they filed the 280E. It keeps, it's the Al Capone. Thank him for it. It's income. We don't care where you got it. Just show us you got the income. And if it's something illegal, file this form, and all you can deduct is your cost of goods, as opposed to you can't deduct the, the chairs, the the paper clips, your salary for your, you know, your staff, you can't deduct any of that. So you're getting taxed at the federal level. I mean, it just, and then at the consumer level, you're paying an effective with, with your cultivation taxes, distribution taxes, excise tax at the, at the register. You could be paying effective upwards of 40 something percent tax from when that thing started off in the bottom. It's just, I mean, I've been, I, I've been preaching for this whole time, like, government, they're just idiots. And there's been bills on the table to reduce the 15 to 11%, put the uh, cannabis, uh, the cultivation tax in abeyance for a few years, and they're just idiots. If they would open up the market to more stores, lower the tax, black market would be gone, and we'd have five, 15 times the amount of sales in the state of California. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's not good for anybody, right? Like Cal California's not hitting their tax uh, estimates, right? Uh, the licensed market is suffering. The unlicensed market is thriving, thriving. But now, uh, you know, the, all the laws are against them. And the money right? that's so coming in is going out. out to this, this, this is law the reality of it. this is the truth that all of the illegal stores, probably I would say ninety percent, ninety-five percent. There is no way to get at the person who runs that store. It's the people who work at that store that are the ones that we're going to end up representing. And they're the ones who have making 10 bucks an hour or whatever the heck they're making. And they're the ones who are getting screwed. The other ones have been doing this for 25 years. Whack-a-mole. Shut down here, pop up there. Shut down there, pop up here. They're making some bank, you know? And... I don't judge. I mean, we, we know people in the industry for like 25 years, and some of them are going to do it till they can't. They're going to do it till they can't do it anymore. And it doesn't look like that's coming anytime soon. Government's got to open it up, reduce taxes and entry fees and all that stuff, and I don't see that happening. And for the consumers, too, it's also, it, it, it sucks for them because now they're, they're getting unlicensed product, and, you know, we have well, this whole... Well, as far as, as, far as cannabis, as far as flour is concerned... Now, the, the vapes and all the stuff that are man-made, to me, yeah. that's different. There's a whole epidemic once you now. Become, once, once man's hand 
changes the molecular structure. Uh, like with the vape pens, you got to distill it and you got to mix this and mix that. I mean, there you go. Now you have a problem that's not THC or even nicotine related. It's the additives and how they're making these things and the cartridges, whether they leak. But yeah, it's, it's the, the vape cartridges are bad. Yeah. You know, unless they're sourced right. Unless they're, you know. It's unless the, they're good. It, it's the knockoff <laughs> ones that are cheap. It's the cartridges yes. that get filled that are cheap. And they can leave a licensed laboratory with a certificate of analysis saying it's clean. But once the it cannabis hits, is clean. Right. Or the product right. inside so, it so, is clean. So even licensed products can leave clean. And if it's sitting on the shelf for too long, the metals and stuff in cheap cartridges could potentially Seep in taint the, uh, the product. So uh, there needs to be regulations testing the metals. No, testing the cartridges. So we, we actually interviewed Aaron from Canisafe, uh, I believe it was our last video. So uh, he told me they test the oil, like when it's just oil, and then they actually test it when it's in the cartridge. And so we were going you know, back and forth about how it actually sometimes does fail testing after it has been put in a cartridge yeah. because of the cheap cartridges. Yeah. But um, you know, maybe not just the illicit market, but nicotine and you know, oh, that's that huge. whole I mean, thing, right? They're, they're mainly mentioning nicotine all over the news. It's more nicotine related on the actual like national news. It's, they're saying it's the nicotine uh, products that are- it, it's, it's where the nicotine guys are blaming the THC guys, the THC yeah. guys are blaming the, you know, illicit market, illicit markets blaming the nicotine well, guys. What I think happened was with the proliferation of the legal cannabis market, there's that many more units on the market. There's that many more units that now people are exposed to more units of these crappy cartridges or whatever, however, or the distillate that's, that they put the vitamin E in it. And then I guess when you smoke it, I just read this yesterday, I believe, then you smoke it and it sticks to your lungs because of the, it makes it gooey or something like that. I mean, you know, that's got nothing to do with cannabis. That's someone putting something bad in the product. Right, I, I read that as well. And I read another article that actually, uh, I think it was one of the two deaths in Oregon. Oregon, uh, they, it was led to a licensed retailer. So who knows what's really going on? I mean, at the end of the day. But I mean, it could, like I said, it wasn't, you know, you can't give weed bad name. It's, it's a man-made product. It's a man-made product. You don't just suck oil out of the ground and go smoke it. <laughs> you know, it's a man put their hands on it. Maybe we should. And once man puts their hands on it, then God knows what it, what it consists of. Right. But when you get that flower out of the ground and you smoke it, I mean, you're pretty safe. Yeah, so let's stop blaming the plant, start blaming the, the devices. The device, correct. Device. So ultimately, what do you think the state could do to fix this? God, I don't know. I mean, people, I mean, it, it's, I mean, they're, I don't know how they can crack down on it. People are buying, people can, will buy this stuff all day long. The only, now that's, uh, if it's tied to a licensed retailer, the retailer's gonna have to have a recall. At least in California. We don't do any other state laws. Just California. Well, and then there'll be recourse too, products liability and, right. and recourse. You get your you get you get it from an uh, an illegal place and you get injured, sick, or die, you're not get there's no lawsuit. You know, you're not getting anything back. But And they're licensed, not regulated. So you know, as insurance. far as the regulation and testing of the vape pens, I I'm hundred percent behind. Even okay. though that still might not be foolproof, because we had a uh, testing client ask us for some kind of release paperwork they could have the retailer sign which really didn't work out because they know that it could test, it could be excellent when it leaves the lab, but when it gets on the shelf for a month, it's gonna turn up something different. And then they're gonna go after the testing lab, wait a minute, you, you tested it, was it and it was, you, you said it was good, now it's bad? It's because of the cartridges. But as far as actual licensing and regulations go on that end, you just think more states need to open up? More, more, city, more cities. More cities. More, more, more cities, cities need to open up, um, counties, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How is it looking in Orange County currently? It's a Just vast two. desert. Two Santa, cities. Santa Ana is the only city in, in Orange County that allows the entire supply stream from cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, retail. Um, Costa Mesa allows testing, manufacturing, and I think distribution. Other than those two cities, it's all banned. That's it. That's it. We get people all the time coming in. Hey, I want to open up something in Anaheim or Garden Grove. Well, it's not legal. What, what do you mean? There's 10 stores. Yeah, really you want to be a gangster, go open one up. We don't recommend it, but, you know, that's what they're doing. 
So, are there any delivery services operating in the state? Oh, licensed yeah. delivery oh, yeah. services? Oh yeah, there's yeah, plenty yeah. of licensed delivery services. Okay, and they're just coming in from, uh, sorry, uh, in the in the county is what I meant. So, in Orange well, County, are they coming in from other cities? Yes, or? they have to. Okay. Yeah, unless they're based out of Santa Ana, because in Santa Ana, I believe, in order to have a delivery, you have to have the storefront, and that's where the storefronts are. So they they probably have their own delivery services out of those stores. But when the when the regulations came down, the permanent regulations, it clarified. Uh, ambiguity that allows delivery services that are licensed, period, to go into any city and deliver. Even if that city has a ban on businesses being in their city. In my opinion, that's that's the saving grace. You know, I feel like that could be, uh, you know, that could help patients get their medicine. Well, yeah, that was the big push. That right. was one of the big pushes why when they decided to interpret a section of Prop 64, which said law enforcement can't stop people who are licensed going through their city. That's how it was initially drafted. And how's that? I mean, does that mean you can just pass, you can through? Just pass through? So, right. but in the final regulations, they made it clear that as long as you're licensed to have a licensed premise, city and state license, you can go and deliver to any city in the state. So hopefully that opened up access to a lot of people who you know, some cities are still fighting that though, right? Yeah, right. There's, but but news newsflash to those cities, right? Like you're not just banning deliveries if you ban deliveries, you're just banning the licensed deliveries. You're no, well, you're right? no, no, they're banning a business starting up in their city. They have a ban that no businesses can be. In yeah, but city even operating. even 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 the people that don't want deliveries coming into their city, they, they're too bad. Right. Under the regulations as they exist now, it's too bad. So uh, we talked a lot about all the negative stuff <laughs> about regulations that I'm sure there's a lot. I'm sure we could go on probably for another 40 minutes talking about that. But how about we shed some light on uh, some of the more positive stuff that, that is actually happening in the regulations. So uh, for one, the social equity movement. What do you guys think about that? Can I say... That's in Los Angeles we're talking well, about. Well, there's Los Angeles. Right. I know very well Los Angeles. I'm knee deep in Los Angeles social equity. Oakland, San Francisco, I think Sacramento has one. We have no idea. But in LA, we can just one big clusterfuck. The intentions are great. Um, there's a lot of people who, if you invest in a business, you get priority as a non-social equity applicant. And there's predatory practices going on with taking advantage of people who were either uh, hit hard by living in an area disproportionately impacted, or whether they have a marijuana crime, low income, um, and they're getting taken advantage of left and right by people with money. Now, there are some good stories coming out of it. I represent quite a few social equity applicants that businesses have come in, played by the right rules, and there's a really good synergistic relationship between the social equity applicant and the guy coming in into funding. But on an overall, I mean, we just had phase two, uh, round one of phase two in LA kick in, and I had all my clients online at 10, it, the portal opened at 10 o'clock. So at 10, 10 o'clock by on the 2nd, over 800 people filed. The first 100 was first come, first serve. So at 10 o'clock on the dot, I had clients logging in, uploading. They made it really simple. I had one client do it in like 75 seconds. Other client took a minute. And how they their numerical order of you know one to a hundred no one knows because there's application numbers that are generated that people thought oh I've got 310081 I got 310322 or you know and ends up a week later that they confirm that that's not the order you're not 82nd in line it was a number that was generated by the computer there's this timestamp supposedly somewhere on the documents which you can't see that's going to determine who was first second third up to 100 and they're currently going through all those applications now to make sure everybody has A through Z, whatever they wanted, and then they're gonna determine the first hundred. Do you think there's a right or better way to do the social equity thing? Like what would you change if you were making the laws? That's a good one. That's actually a good question. I, I'm not so sure there is a perfect way to do it. You have to, you have to incentivize the people coming in with the money who are giving the money to the people who don't have money. Now they were, so it, there's gotta be a balance there because no one's gonna wanna come in and give someone like in LA, if, you are a, if you're a tier one social equity applicant, you need to have 51% of the, 
of a joint venture. So if someone comes in and wants to join up with a social equity applicant to get into the game now, like right now, otherwise only social equity applicants could apply for retail in this first phase. No one else could apply unless you were in a joint venture with a social equity applicant. So I get a lot of people coming going, well, he gets 51%? I'm putting in all the money and da 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 Well, yeah, but he also has a criminal record. Hopefully it's expunged by now, but went through, could be prison, jail, arrest, conviction, all this other stuff. So where do you weigh that out? I mean, it's... And then people are trying to get around with 51% by playing with numbers and playing with other, doing other things on the back end, and it just gets a little hinky. So how to do it the right way, I, that's a conversation for another time. I could probably go on for hours on potentially how to do it, but it's just too complicated. And do you think it's at least a step in the right direction, the way we're headed for the future of cannabis in California? Or what do you see as like red flags that the city's currently doing that they should probably stop doing? Are you referencing social equity or just overall? Just, just overall. in general, social equity included. I mean, the, the cities that are attempting social equity, I, I, know I applaud them for at least doing, you know, attempting. It's, it's very difficult. Um, and how to control it's very difficult. I think the DCR is attempting to control it by reviewing documents to make sure there isn't anything predatory in the documents uh, uh, in, in order to control that. Overall, though, I think the cities that are allowing it are charging too much, too much application fees. They want also five, six percent of your gross under a development agreement. If the state, if the city has not voted on a tax, tax has to be voted on by people of the city. And if there's no city tax, they can do a development agreement and charge five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent of your gross. Imagine that. And then you gotta pay all this other fees. I mean it's we tell people when they come in, you sure you want to do this? We probably turn away more. We could probably take in more money and go, yeah, yeah, this is great. We'll get you started. And they realize, wait a minute. I can't finish. We can't, don't have enough money to finish. Or once they finish, it isn't what they thought it was going to be. So all that's got to change. And I don't see that happening. I don't see the government, you know, they're not saying uncle. They should be going like, put your arm behind your back and I'll say uncle. They're not. They're just going to be stubborn. They're being stubborn about not lowering the taxes not lowering the taxes on cultivation, not lowering the annual license fees, um, or, or at least, you know, some type of effort to not charge someone 120 grand in advance on, guest, on a guesstimate of your profits. So, I mean, I think a lot could be done to change all that, but I don't necessarily see that happening. Unless we change, unless, unless your generation gets out and votes. Find those candidates who are going to implement that stuff as opposed to the old school who are dragging their feet. Well, I guess only time will tell, right? Yep. Yeah. Did you guys have any last points that you wanted to make before we conclude the interview? Shut the fuck up and got to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do the script real quick. Yeah, we'll run it down. So, uh, all right. So when you get pulled over, big brother, what do you say when the cop first comes up? Why'd you pull me over? And when he starts asking you questions? I'm not discussing my day or evening, sir. And he keeps asking more questions? Politely, I'm not discussing my day. And what if he asks even more questions and gets in your face? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth, officer. And then what do you do? I shut the fuck up. Shut the and fuck you up. should shut the fuck up, too. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It just feels good. Yes, yes. And remember... You shut the fuck, fuck up. up. You don't say yeah, shut the fuck up. Because right. <laughs> that's a big no-no. No, no. <laughs> that's a big no-no. And no don't no. lie. That's right. Another don't one lie. that we learned Stick here. Not discussing my day. Yeah. That's the best. That was like a light bulb that went off. On, yeah. on how, what do you do? You don't want to lie. You don't want to tell the truth. If you had a drink or two, if you what smoked you a drink. I'm not discussing my day. Yeah. They, they can't argue with that. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much Our for pleasure. joining me thank today. I learned a lot myself. You know, I'm, I'm sure the viewers definitely learned a lot as well. Uh, go ahead, just look into the camera if there's anything you want to plug, social media, um, you know, your websites, anything, just let them know. All right. So Flutter. you can follow us on all social media outlets, Pop Brothers at Law. On Instagram, it's P-O-T underscore at Pop. <laughs> P-O-T underscore brothers underscore, between underscore at underscores law underscore uh, and then we have our website popbrothersatlaw.com if you want to contact us 855 waslaw we are attorneys in California we handle cases all over California we do have associates in 
parts of California, and we also have attorneys in some states that we can uh, help vet out and find uh, and we refer to. So if you need help in other, other states, we might be able to help you out. You can also catch our radio show every week, Wednesday, 6 p.m., Cannabis Talk 101. Go to CannabisTalk101.com and KOCIRadio.com, 101.5 FM, and you can learn a lot. Awesome. And as usual, thank you guys for watching another episode of Connecting Cannabis. Just check out webjoint.com, put in your email for the newsletter sign up, and you'll get more of these episodes as they come out week by week. Until next time.